I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Sign up online or in the app for a free one-week trial. Just $4.99 a month for your all-access pass. Playing now on FanDuel is... The Bigamist, this 1953 film starring Joan Fontaine, is about a married San Francisco businesswoman who is in the process of adopting a child when a private investigator unknowingly uncovers the fact that the businessman has another wife and a small child in Los Angeles. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Fandor Video Podcast. Here I am with my amazing co-host, Chris Kelly. What's up, Chris? Glad to be here with you. Thank you so much. And Bryn in a mask. Yeah, like a ninja. <laughs> All right, we have a really amazing guest today that I'm super excited about. Thank you, Phil, for setting this one up. His name is Eddie Muller, and uh, we're going to get into everything that Eddie does. He is the CEO, executive director of the Noir City Film Festival. Um, but before we get to the Noir City Film Festival, Eddie, could you please address the most basic question? Simply break down the genre of film noir. Give us a working definition of it. <laughs> Simply, the operative word there. <laughs> uh, thank, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, okay, so film noir is really, uh, they're like crime movies from the mid-20th century. That's as simply as I can put it. But the reason we're still fussing over them and making such a big deal about them to this day is because they, uh, it was sort of an artistic movement as well and a real change from the way movies had been made previously what they could be about and how they could feel and how they reflected the times in which they were made but but in a nutshell they are crime movies from the mid 20th century so what would you consider to be the very first film noir film well that's difficult to say but for practical purposes i like to point to the maltese falcon with Humphrey Bogart as as being sort of the first that was the first film that was a big popular hit that had a lot of the elements that that you look for in a quote unquote noir film. So tell us about your film festival. Um Eddie, I've obviously known about you for a long time. I've promoted it on the air. It's you know, wonderful to meet you because I've watched you over the years doing interviews with other people. And um, I'm excited to actually help promote your festival. Oh, that's, that is greatly appreciated. Um, well, we've been doing this in San Francisco. Uh, we've been doing this since 2003. 
uh, was the first time I did it in San Francisco. I actually started a few years before that in Los Angeles because I was uh, I had written this book called Dark City, The Lost World of Film Noir that came out. <laughs> I guess I can say now it came out at the end of the last century. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Makes it sound so much more historical that way, right? Yep. Uh, and, and I was asked to program a film festival sort of based on that book. And it was uh, very successful. And so the, the Noir City Festival, um, it, it was so successful that I felt kind of guilty about, uh, about making all this money on these older films. So I started a nonprofit foundation that used the, the proceeds from the festival go to uh, rescuing and restoring films that might otherwise be lost. Fantastic. So it's, um, it, it's a very cool thing. And, and it's, it's unique really among film festivals because, you know, we'll, we'll take the profits, find a film where there no print exists. It's maybe has never been on DVD or anything like that. And we'll track down the source material, which might be the original negative of the film or, like the only existing print in an archive somewhere and we'll restore it so that we can show it at our festival. And then it's like a self-perpetuating thing, right? You, you make you pay, money pay from for the it. next one, right? You, yeah. you, it pays for the next one. Exactly. Exactly. Kind of the pay it forward theory. Right. So when, when is the film festival and what are the dates and uh, how long is it going to be running for? Okay, so this year uh, we're moving from San Francisco to Oakland, California. It's going to be at the Grand Lake Theater on Jan from January 20th to the 23rd. It's a somewhat abbreviated version of the festival, thanks to, you know, this pandemic we're in. It's a little... Uh, oh, that. <laughs> it, you know, please, can will it ever end? Yeah. Um, but yeah, January 20th to the 23rd. So it's a Thursday to a Sunday at the Grand Lake in Oakland. It was, it was very cool because, uh, like I said, I've done the festival at the Castro for years, but, uh, during the pandemic, you know, I have a show on Turner classic movies that I do every week and I, I couldn't go to Atlanta where TCM is based to do the show. So I had to do it here right here where I'm talking to you now, right out of my house. And uh, it got to be so noisy be, that I couldn't produce actual broadcast quality TV here. So uh, Alan Michon, who runs the Grand Lake Theater, who happens to live close by me, um, invited me to come to the theater and do the do the show from there. Oh, nice. Because, uh... he, because he couldn't open the theater and, you know, he wasn't doing anything else in the venue. So, um, and it just struck me as, you know, this is a perfect spot to do the festival. So this year we're doing it there. That's great. That's, uh, that's what I love about the film community, Chris. Everyone always supports one another. It, it, it is all about community at the end of the day. And that's one of the things that, you know, Fandor from the beginning that we've tried to emphasize and, and, to, and to promote. And so uh, it's exciting to see it in all aspects of the community. Festivals are the, the best expression of, of this in a, on, a, on an ongoing basis. So what are you looking forward to uh, in January? for uh, your film festival like what 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 should we be excited about this this coming year <laughs> i'm looking forward to an audience <laughs> i'm looking forward to seeing people in a movie theater i think that that honestly is the most exciting thing for me 
Um, and Chris, I really appreciate what what you said. There is a sense of community, and I and I have to tell you that has only increased in the last ten or twenty years because uh, once upon a time there were so many theaters that th- there was a lot of competition. Mm-hmm. People who programmed film festivals and all this stuff were. You know, we were a, a close knit group, but very competitive. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is that has really changed over the years because now, because of streaming and all of this stuff, uh, the idea of going to the movies, it, you know, it's more challenging than than ever before. So, people who do this, people who run archives, who have film societies, who operate movie theaters, who do film festivals. We are all sort of in this together. And certainly in the work I do with my Film Noir Foundation, uh, you, you know, I have people all over the world who collaborate with us to restore films and to exhibit the films and all this because it's, uh, it is just more challenging than ever. So could you let the cat out of the, the bag? Like, what, Is there one or two movies that we should be looking out for this year in your festival that you'd like to highlight? Well, you know, that's a t- that's like what's my favorite who's my favorite child, you know? I mean, I I love all these movies. The the theme of the festival is kind of interesting. It was something that I had thought about doing a few years ago. Uh it's called They Tried to Warn Us. Because one of the things that I find so interesting about these movies from the mid 20th century is they were sometimes very provocative in terms of the subject matter that they dealt with. And they were, as I say in my books, a a lot of them were playful and fun, but some of them were like warning flares, you know? And so that's kind of what I'm showing because so many of these movies are about issues that we're still dealing with today. So I'm showing movies like, you know, All the King's Men Mm -hmm. about corrupt politicians, uh, Crossfire is a movie about anti-Semitism, uh, the Sniper is about a, a serial killer on the loose in San Francisco. It's really like the first movie of its kind in that regard. Uh, no Way Out is a movie, uh, Sidney Poitier's first movie. It's about, uh, you know, racism. And, you know, there's a couple of films about police brutality. And these were all made, you know, around around 1950 or thereabouts. So, you know, quite a while ago now. And, and issues that the culture is still dealing with Crap. to this day. So I, I want to show people that old movies, you know, are timeless. I mean, we're still dealing with the same issues. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, You know, Siskel and Ebert back in the day used to uh, say something that... um, they felt it was a mistake when really good movies were remade. And they made an argument that instead of remaking good movies, people should remake bad movies and make them good. <laughs> and I actually agree with that. And they'd say that over and over again when they'd be debating films. What film noir movie that wasn't well-received would you love to have remade? Who would star in it and who should direct it? Hmm, that, that's a really interesting question. Um, well, you know, The Postman Always Rings Twice has been remade like a million times. It's just not called The Postman Always right. Rings Twice. Uh, sometimes, sometimes it is. I mean, <laughs> some, what, yeah, one, once it Jack was. But then, you know, yeah, there was exactly. this whole thing in the 80s when they did these uh, direct-to-video, you know, erotic thrillers, yep. direct-to-video. Yep. And, right. and with, like with all Shannon of them Tweed. were essentially The Postman Always <laughs> Rings Twice, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, but, but here's one. I'm going to put a slight twist in your question there was um there's a book called red harvest by one of my favorite writers dashiell hammett and it has it was going to be made in 1942 by paramount but it never got made and it still to this day has not been made although many other films have been made based on it they've never actually been able to get the rights to do that story Right. Uh, the Cohn brothers, when they did Miller's Crossing, uh-huh. that was kind of like Got Red it. Harvest crossed with the glass key. Uh, Akira Kurosawa did a film called Yojimbo that was essentially Red Harvest done as a samurai kind of movie. Uh, Bruce Willis did a picture with Walter Hill called Last Man Standing that was sort of like Red Harvest, but it wasn't really. So Red Harvest is the one that I would like to see actually made as a film there was a screenplay written and everything just for some reason it never happened Didn't back happen. in the day and who do you want to star in red harvest oh sh- well come I on want, i want humphrey bogart to start <laughs> that's not gonna happen right right um i don't know there's a that that's a good question but uh there are a lot of you know a lot of really good actors today. You know, it's funny. There's a one that just came out, Nightmare Alley. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, but it wasn't on the list of questions I sent you, so I didn't want to ambush you. But tell us your thoughts on Nightmare Alley. Oh, I liked it very much. I liked it very much. I See, and that's funny because I love the original movie, 
but I'm not one of these people that's going to say, oh, you know, the new one doesn't hold a candle to the original. The the new one does stuff that the original couldn't do. It's it's yeah. much closer and darker in, in tone. It's to Bradley the Cooper source material. It's Bradley Cooper and who else? Bradley Cooper and Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara and Tony Collette and yeah, that's all, right. It's a really really strong cast and uh, it, it's good. Guillermo del Toro is the perfect director for this thing and and uh, and the co-screenwriter Kim Morgan is an old friend of mine, so I was very happy to see see it succeed. I was quite nervous. So I, I have a good. proposal for who can step into uh, Bogart roles. I've got, I'm repping uh, Christopher Walken today. Um, <laughs> Very <laughs> good. Walk Walken in a winter wonderland t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly has done his share of what uh, you could call neo noir. Absolutely. You know, Walken is he's he fits dead, right dead zone, in. a whole bunch of stuff like that. Yep. Um, yep. Um, so outside of the film noir genre, can you give us two or three of your favorite movies of all time? Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, just movies you love. Uh, okay, here's one that's a surprise. From the late 30s, there's a, there's a very sweet movie called The Shop Around the Corner by a director named Ernst Lubitsch. It's Remade a, as You've Got Mail. Yeah, kind exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you talk about see remakes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good call there, Chris. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love that original movie. It's just so endearing and, and sweet. Um, that it, I, I always trot that one out to show. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I can enjoy those movies, too. Right. Oh, nice. Everybody doesn't have to die at the end for me to like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, do, do you are you a Matrix guy? You're going to go see the new Matrix? I've never seen a Matrix movie. Oh, I have well. to tell you this. I, well, then I'm, I'm, I'm well, they're, you... they're taking up your Castro right now. So they did the premiere, I guess, at the Castro. <laughs> well, I think it was yeah. last night or the night before last. So. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but keep your expectations low. Oh. <laughs> I, I was going to, I was going to, I, I have a movie theater at home. I was going to stream it for my kids probably tomorrow or Thursday because it's available on HBO Max. Yeah. Um, I wasn't going to invest in the whole theater experience right now. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, one, yeah, uh, it's us... a little challenging. It's a, yeah. I feel so badly, but, you know, because I, I want movie theaters to succeed, Yeah. right? And then I, I like, went to see uh, The Card Counter which uh -huh. is, with Oscar Isaac, which, uh -huh. is a, which is a noir film, which I like very much. And I said, wow, this is great. There's only, like, three people in the theater. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which I feel very guilty about saying because I want I want the movies to succeed, but it's so difficult right now. It a lot is. of people showed up for, for Spider Man um, for the new oh, Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, I, know. I did. That I know. seems to be about it. Oh, did you see it? Yeah, I did. How see is it? it? It's it's incredible. Okay. I, I'm going. Right. I'm going Thursday. Right. <laughs> it's great. You'll love it. Um. All right. Uh. Tell us once again about this uh 2022 Noir City Film Festival. Eddie, when is it? It is the Noir City Film Festival. It's at the Grand Lake Theater, January 20th to the 23rd. If you go to noircity.com, you'll get the entire program there, and there's links to buy tickets and all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, I, I would really love to see a lot of people out there, and I hope that this spike is over <laughs> yeah. by then so that we can all uh, reassemble and enjoy movies on the big screen again. 
Absolutely. Well, Eddie, we wish you nothing but the best. Thank you so much. Uh, we know you've done a hundred of these, so uh, I hope this is in your top ten uh, of all time. <laughs> we'll get this out and promote. Promote. promote I appreciate promote. it very yeah. much, guys. Thanks, and that was a, that was a great call, Chris, on, on knowing that you've got mail was the. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks. I, He's I, a I genius. Know, I know a few things <laughs> here and there. <laughs> cool. Thanks a million, guys. All right. Thanks. Have a good one. Thank all you. Right, take care. Thanks for tuning in. Today's show is brought to you by Fandor. Sign up online or in the app for a free one-week trial. Playing now in Fandor is The Bigamist. This 1953 film starring Joan Fontaine is about a married San Francisco businesswoman who is in the process of adopting a child when a private investigator unknowingly uncovers the fact that the businessman has another wife and a small child in Los Angeles. That's Fandor. F-A-N-D-O-R. The home for cinephiles. 365 day returns.